crypto, Bitcoin. You hear the terms, but should you even care? And are these really the currencies of the future? How do these things even work? Well, I'm Aaron Greger, and these are the questions that I wanted the answers to. So I started a podcast. Join me and explore the topic of cryptocurrency with my friend Gary Leland and other industry experts. Welcome to Clarifying Crypto. All right, so welcome to another episode of Clarifying Crypto. I'm Aaron Greger, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Gary Leland. Gary, welcome. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Happy well, glad to be here. Yeah, we're recording right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, very excited, but we, we committed to Tuesday, so thank you, because I know you got a lot going on today. Uh, but today, I want to talk about, we talked about Bitcoin, kind of giving the background in the first episode, and now it's like, okay, so... I'm interested, right? This is intriguing to me. How do I get involved in Bitcoin? And not just investing, but other ways even to get involved. And we're not going to dig deep into all of them, but I want to talk about them. But first, before we jump into this episode, um, we kind of had a dip. We had, we didn't kind of, we did have a big dip this week. So any insights, uh, we went, we were, what was it around? Like I say, we, like I own Bitcoin or I do own Bitcoin, but like I (laughs) make up your mind. Yeah. But, um, like it went it was, from, it was around 8000 it was like 8100 okay. and it dropped down to the low i think it hit 6600 i think where it bounced back up and now it's at about maybe 7100 yeah, yeah at the time of this recording yeah so we're recording like on the i think it's the 25th today so yeah. any insights on the dip i know so you have a podcast called 4 minute crypto i know every day you do a news uh, a, a piece of news on crypto did you cover this specifically in your news or any Anything that you have to for any insights on this? I didn't cover this specifically. I covered why I don't think uh, one of the uh, two of the reasons I don't think anyone needs to worry about the dip. Okay. Um, but I didn't cover this specifically. But if you're new into crypto or Bitcoin, this is kind of panic time for you, right? Yeah, you because know, you're going, oh my gosh, I just bought this stuff at eight thousand dollars and it's down to six thousand dollars. Is that like you know twenty percent or something? You know, so you just really yeah. lost some money. Um, but if you're uh, average cost buying, which is probably the best way to buy, you just buy every week or every month, whatever, a certain amount. This is what you were waiting on. Exactly. You know, that's what I posted that when it did the big drop, I said, hey, for all you guys who are average cost buying, this is what you've been waiting for is it the drop so you can lower your average price. Because the thing about Bitcoin is it goes down and it goes up. It's easy to manipulate, which is good and bad. Yeah. Um, so a big whale can manipulate it still. It's still at that stage, but that's why it has the drastic ups and downs. And the ups are what you're hoping will be drastic is why you're investing it. Because, you know, a lot of people say they invest for the tech. But really, when you get down to yeah. it, most people are investing because they want to make some money. Right, exactly. So, and again, let's preface it. We should have prefaced it to say we're not financial advisors. So, um, we don't, it's, this is purely just two people who are interested in Bitcoin, not financial advising. But for me, and I think I told this story last time, my first step into Bitcoin was at 7,500 and then it dropped like immediately to 3,500. And I got, I got scared and I'm like, oh, is this, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this, is this the the downfall? Like, did it all crash? And kicking myself because I didn't jump in at more at the thirty five hundred. I got scared and was like, I don't, I don't, I didn't sell. Thank God. But I just kind of sat back and like, let me see what happens before I keep putting more money into this. But um, now I've told you, I told this last time is like my strategy is like. So when it dips, I'm like, oh, let me 
Mm-hmm. Let me buy a little bit more. That's what I've been doing. Um, and so and a lot of people, and a lot of people buy, like I said, average cost buying, they'll buy every paycheck, 50 bucks yeah. or every month, a thousand dollars, whatever you can afford. You know, you should never right. invest more than you can afford, but actually if you buy on that average, you're going to make money long-term. I mean, you have always, so you should make money long-term because from since Bitcoin started till now, people who've done that have made good money. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, we've got, uh, any other news you want to cover too, while we're here? Well, I think, I think one thing that is good is fidelity. Everybody knows who fidelity yep. is. They're, they're, they're huge, right? Yeah. They got approved by the sec to store and sell Bitcoin. Oh, so, I know they've been working on this for a while. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So they got their approval. So that's a big, big deal. And they just got bought out by Schwab, which is even bigger. So um, hopefully that'll transfer over to Schwab and maybe Schwab will move into it since Fidelity's done all the investigating into this already. You know, hopefully that'll make it move quickly into Schwab. And do you think stuff like that, I mean, I would assume this is the answer of yes, but that's just going to help mainstream crypto and yeah, just where more people feel comfortable buying it. My thing right now is uh, that I'm kind of like into is Bitcoin for boomers. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, boomers, it's time to start learning about Bitcoin because I'm embracing of being a boomer <laughs> instead of looking yeah. at it as an insult. But, you know, boomers got a buttload of money. I mean, they really yeah. do uh, compared to millennials and X gen and everybody else. So they have a lot of money sitting around that they've been saving forever and investing. So if we can get them comfortable and make it easier for them to do, because you know, by the same means, boomers aren't as computer friendly as a whole. I'm scared I'm going to break this thing or something. That's what right. my sister always says. So if we can make it comfortable and easy for them, by whether it's uh, Fidelity or whatever, to invest in Bitcoin, well, they got the money, you know, and they feel comfortable yeah. about who they're doing it with, it, could, it, it wouldn't take a lot to make Bitcoin go through the roof, to be honest with you. When you're talking to boomers, how do you get over the high-risk objective? Like they want to be safe right now, right? They want yeah. their... They got. They saved up all this money. They want their money in something. Maybe not very high. Well, one of, one of the things I always talk about Safe. is the one uh, percent thing. Yeah. If I'm talking to someone, the inflation. You know, how, well, no. How much would you miss if when you, oh, when you look at your portfolio at the end of the month and you get your portfolio, you know, from your investment company and it's down one percent? What kind of heart attack do you have? Right. Not much. You go. Oh, that's down one percent. Be you, you really don't care that much. So don't go overboard. Right. Just just get in there and get your feet wet. Actually. I feel everybody should just get their feet wet, whether they put $100 in the game or whatever. Right. Get your feet wet. You got something in the game, some skin in the game, you'll look at it. Uh, right. and, and maybe boomers, even if they $100, we better than putting nothing just to get comfortable and get some skin in the game. Yeah. But after it reaches a certain amount of a uh, dollar amount, I think the rises, as it, as it increases in values, the m- amount of swings a lesson too, because more people have it. It's more spread out you know, instead of uh, a handful of whales, because there are a ton of people who have uh, a lot of Bitcoin. You know, you got yeah. the Winklevoss brothers, they have like a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. And they're the yeah. ones who got kicked out of Facebook, right? Like, right. yeah. Yeah. So that, they're actually pretty smart dudes, if you think about it. They, they did Facebook, right? And they yeah. didn't get kicked out of Facebook. They worked with Zuckerberg and supposedly stole it. He paid them, so they must have won the case. So yes. they came up, I guess, technically with Facebook. And so that's number one. So a lot of people can't even create one future wave. So they created that, and then they got into Bitcoin like at $13, $16. 
wow. $100,000 worth or something. So they saw a second wave and got into it. That's really pretty smart when you can do two waves like that. In a lifetime. And they're young. Yeah. Like, yeah. They still have a lot of lifetime left in them. At the rate they're going, they'll be on the third one, whatever it is. Exactly. That's interesting. All right. So let's talk today. I want to, So we talked a little bit about what Bitcoin was. And today, somebody's intrigued by it, right? They want to get involved in it. Uh, they're interested in maybe putting that 1% over. I want to talk about the tools uh, that you can use to start getting involved. Thanks to Gary, we were talking, we finally had to hit record because we were talking about all this stuff. Uh, he's been introducing me to a lot of fun apps. And I've been, I do invest, but I've also been accumulating Bitcoin in fun little areas by shopping. And I know one of the goals of this podcast is to get more women involved in in Bitcoin and what a perfect way to uh, associate it with shopping. So you're getting uh, Bitcoin for it. So let's talk about first on the investment side. Sure. So I'm interested in buying. Uh, you talked about Fidelity possibly opening up a possibility. I know I've bought some on Robinhood, which is an app that allows for stock trade and Bitcoin. That's one of the places I've invested. Uh, what are some other ones that are the more mainstream, good for starters place to go? I believe, and like I said, I haven't been to uh, Fidelity or this place either, um, but I believe TD Ameritrade is now really? approved. Yeah, I believe they got approved a month or so ago. So you may want to check with your, if you have an account with Fidelity or TD Ameritrade, you may want to check with them and see if they um, are, are, I know they're approved. I don't know if they're doing it yet, so, okay. but I know they're approved. But then so you, let me ask you this too. So sorry to stop you, but no, we're going to talk ahead. about wallets in the next episode and really understanding wallets. If I buy with TD Ameritrade, I still want to get my Bitcoin off of TD Ameritrade into a wallet, correct? If you buy it with them, they're probably going to hold it just like they do your stocks. I was wondering about that. Okay, yeah. but then I is it? I don't FDA, know for a fact. But is it FDIC insured then? If if like that, that okay, know. so this is going to be interesting. All right, so I'll take it off to into. Uh, Research that. Okay, so we talked TD Ameritrade. We'll check that out. Robinhood, I know. What other places? Well, then you can always go to the place most beginners go. And I think because people who've been doing crypto while send them there because it's the easiest place to go is Coinbase. Yeah. They have the worst rates uh, as far as exchange rates. But it's the easiest place to go. You fill out very little information and you're in. Yeah. Then if you've got an account at Coinbase, you can switch over to Coinbase Pro which is where you would go if you were buying and selling. They bought an outside app, an outside service, and merged it in, made it Coinbase Pro. And that's more for the trader, right? Like, I mean, and you, you need to have, is there a, do you know if there's like a cutoff where you need to have so much money to get the lower fees? Because I know they were going to kind of punish the, not punish, right. but charge for the people like buying at $100 or, you right. know what I mean? I still think, uh, that even they did there there's two fees that they charge on that uh i can't remember the names of them right now one was and now they're both like one and a quarter percent or something or one was a one and a quarter percent and one was like 0.25 percent or something so okay. they did go up but uh, yeah if you're a huge account if you're a whale and you're buying 500 bitcoin you may not pay anything in fees hardly compared percentage wise compared to some guy buying hundred dollars yeah. But uh, still, there's going to be much cheaper than Coinbase. And you already have an account there if you have a Coinbase account. Right. You know, so you just like log in with your Coinbase account and just transfer your money from your Coinbase account to your Coinbase Pro account. Okay. And then you yeah. can buy it there if you have something sitting in your Coinbase account. And I did that and it's super easy. Yeah, it is easy. It's, just, it's like I said, it's one account. Yeah. 
you know, so those, and then you can use, which we were talking about earlier, the cash app. That's yeah. an app for iOS and Android. You can download and you can just transfer your money straight to it. You can actually buy stocks there now too. So you can buy Bitcoin or stocks. You can buy stocks there and buy a, a half a stock. You really? Know, you, yeah. You can buy percentage of stocks there. They just added that feature. I haven't used that feature yet, but they just added that. But cash app is owned by Jack Dorsey. Who owns Twitter? Oh, Twitter, interesting. Mm-hmm. He's a big and Bitcoin. Isn't bull. he a is he Square yes. or Stripe? Yeah. He's one of I the two. Squ- I think it's Square. Yeah, I'm not sure. But he's Dang. like one of those people. He's got a lot of successful businesses, doesn't he? Yeah, Twitter, and he's doing Cash App. But Cash App is a lot of people know Venmo. Yeah, you know, and use Venmo, but Cash App's like that. But um, Cash App allows you to buy Bitcoin inside of the app. So you could transfer $500 to your cash app or a name transfer just come out of your credit card. You sync it to your bank account, you know, okay. and you can just buy Bitcoin and you can keep it in a wallet there or you can transfer it to your own personal wallet, which I recommend if you don't have your keys to your Bitcoin, it's really not your Bitcoin. Yeah. Because you know? if this, this ever did get shut down, I mean, that's what they would do is shut down all the on-ramps. And if the yeah. government ever did confiscate everybody's Bitcoin, they'd go to all these exchanges first and, ex- and take everybody's Bitcoin. You know, just like they did gold, like we were talking earlier. Yeah. You know, if Bitcoin became the, the world currency by some fluke chance, they aren't going to have enough of it. They're going to be confiscating people's. And they'd go to exchanges first and confiscate everything there. That sounds crazy to you, but it's not that crazy. No, you can't You can't put anything past the government at this point. But it's crazy. What's crazy about it, though, is like part of what I why I'm investing in it is just for that secondary safe currency because – like we talked about in the first episode, the U S dollar is not as stable as we believe it to be. Right. So for me, it's like, well, in case of a collapse, I I feel like I might saving up for the zombie apocalypse or something. But (laughs) in case of like some sort of crash, I have another currency, you know, sitting on the side. I, I mean, that's what I look like. So what's crazy to me is that we're saving for that just in case, but then in the just in case they could come and take it too. So you have well, to if it's careful. yeah, if it's online, so for sure they won't even ask if it's online. Just like in Greece, was it Greece or I think it was Greece that uh, yeah, the big collapse, yeah, yeah, and they took ten percent out of everybody's uh, checking account, savings account across the board. Everybody had a bank account. They took ten percent out, and so with, if you had a thousand dollars, you lost a hundred that day. If you had a million, you lost a hundred thousand dollars that day. Because wow. they needed the money or they would collapse. So they just took it out of everybody's account. So, I mean, that can happen anywhere. I mean, especially with the way they're printing money now. I mean, you know, it's probably more. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what they do at the Treasury. You know, I yeah. know they control all the money, you know, in the world for the most part since that's all oh, the Fed's owned by those banks all across the world. But I think yeah. they could probably, they probably can, just like anyone, they can screw the pooch up there because they're greedy. You know? It's crazy. So, all right. So we got Coinbase, we got Coinbase Pro. We've got a couple that we can go invest in. How about some of these apps? Because I know I've been having some fun. I know you kind of get on the inside scoop of stuff that's coming out. Uh, we, I've got. Well, the, you've been enjoying the Fold app. I told you about. I've been enjoying the Fold app. So, and I'm going to put all these links that we're talking about over on our like a, on a resource tab on at clarifyingcrypto.com, just so people can go. So Gary introduced me to Fold which is an app and they've got, um, they don't have a ton of companies on there right now. I'm really excited when they get a ton of companies, but they've got some pretty useful companies that we are to use. So what you do is you go buy gift cards and they give you, is it Satachi's? 
Satoshis. Satoshis. Okay. So that's just a, another like- That's the smallest denomination of Bitcoin because it can be broken down into 100 million. Yeah. Yeah. So that's but, 100 millionth of a Bitcoin. Yeah. So they've got Amazon, which I've already used a lot of that. They've got um, uh, what else? Starbucks. Best Buy. Best AMC Buy. theaters. I've been going to the movies on using this for a while now. I mean, matter of <laughs> fact- you know, I've seen, I've seen uh, just to let you know, Aaron, I've seen gift cards come and go. So I go to the AMC movies like almost every week. My wife and I go to a movie. So I bought like 10 of them, 10 of the $50 gift cards. Yeah. You know, so to get them in case they disappear, I've got my movies oh, paid for for a year now. So sometimes they will list it and then it'll go. Yeah, sometimes they'll list it. Oh. And, then, and maybe the people who are doing it in association with it say, oh, we don't want to do it anymore or something. Or maybe the negotiations fell through. I don't know what happens. I but I know I have seen Amazon. them come and go. I've seen Amazon disappear and come back. Oh my God. Okay. I'd have a heart. Okay. So that's good to know. Now they have Delta airlines and Southwest airlines. When American comes up there, mama's going to be happy. Yeah. Like, so would I, cause I'm <laughs> an American airline person. Myself. I too. I'm like, ah, yeah. this, this might be, but what's funny too is I, they have Uber up there right now. We're going on a trip this weekend and I have like, I don't like Uber. I've gone Lyft only, but now <laughs> the Uber gift card is up there. I was joking with my husband. I'm like, I may be more comfortable risking our lives by getting in an Uber than I was getting in a Lyft just so I can get the kickback on it. Well, you know, so, the thing is, this is something, if you're getting ready to spend $100 or $50 on something, yeah. you're still spending $50 or $100. You're just now getting a rebate. And you know, the cool thing about this is, I'm not a tax expert. I was told this by Alex Adelman, who owns Lolly. Okay. Gift card, our rebates are not taxable. Oh, so, so you I don't even have rebate. to. Oh, so if it goes way high, or when it goes way high, let's say that, and I'm, I bought it at, I technically got it like, let's say I got $10 worth or whatever, and that $10 turns into a thousand. I don't have to pay taxes on that? I don't know. This is, that's just what Alex told me that owns Lolly, that uh, rebates are not taxable. So I don't know. If you don't have to pay tax on, let's say if you got a $5 rebate, if you don't have to pay the tax on the $5, yeah. but you got to pay it on the $5 to $5,000, I'm not sure where that falls in. But when you get the, the Bitcoin itself or the Satoshis, you don't have to at the end of the month go, okay, this, or at the end of the year go, okay, on rebates this year, I made $5,000, you know, it was given to me. And that's what I was told. But like I said, I'm not a tax expert, but the okay. guy that owns the company told me that. You know, so it came from a good person. Yeah. So Home Depot's on there. Like that's another one. You're doing a project. I mean, $10,000 of Home Depot is- Oh, that could happen easy. Project. Yeah. That's just one trip. So this is what I've loved. So I've also told Gary, so I know Old Navy, I get a lot of my kids clothes at Old Navy uh, and Macy's are on there. And then, so you just mentioned Lolly. Airbnb. 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 Yes. I'm going to use that because we're going to Hawaii in February. I was and hotels.com. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm not no, an Airbnb so there's person. travel stuff too, which here's why I love travel is PJ Maxx, Target. Yes, Target I've already used to. That's, I mean, I'm telling you, like it's <laughs> it's not a ton, but it's like stuff we use. Um, Chipotle for a restaurant. So I know I've like- Chipotle. Yeah. So I mean, it's, I mean, between this and Lolly, I've already accumulated a couple hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. So Lolly is a, a browser plugin that you can, for again- Google Chrome. Google Chrome. So what it does is you're on a website, you're about to pay for something and you check Lolly to see if they have a link uh, or if they have a kickback. 
Um, I've made several just from Marriott because I love Marriott. It's where oh, and I travel a lot. I went to Guitar. Is it Guitar City or Guitar World? Guitar, Guitar, Guitar Center. Yeah. Guitar Center. Thanks. I went there because I was buying new headphones and yeah. uh, mics, new mics for Bitblock Boom, my conference. Mm-hmm. And it was like $600 for the set. And all of a sudden, I didn't do anything on the screen popped up the lolly. Yes. It just popped up. I said, oh my gosh, lolly. I've forgotten all about it. And I'm going, oh my gosh, lolly's on here. I said, oh, well, I'm definitely buying from from them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so like, as I, as we record this and I, again, it could change, but Macy's is on fold. Macy's is on Lolly. And so you can double dip. You can buy the gift cards unfold and then jump over to Lolly, make the purchase. And you, you're getting sometimes, I don't know what the percentage is. I mean, but anywhere from five to 10% back total of your purchase, which now I'm like determined we're going to, we're recording this right before black Friday. Right. But I want to get this out before the holidays so people can, I mean, you're shopping, you're buying stuff already. You might as well yeah. get some Bitcoin for it. Right. Now, the thing that, that I do like about Fold more than Lolly, I think Lolly has more places that you can get yes, Bitcoin from. they have a lot but of places. But Fold, you get your Bitcoin immediately. I mean, as soon as you buy the gift card, where with Lolly, like I did a hotel room down in Austin, it took me a month to get my Bitcoin. You know, where it's like they got to get confirmed with the company that you didn't cancel the reservation because that's what they told me. Takes a little while because they they have to get a confirmation that you stayed at the hotel that you didn't cancel, and now the company, the hotel is paying you Bitcoin and you didn't even stay there. So there's a process that goes through. Now, how did? But so here's my question though: with Fold, can you can't take it off your app yet, right? Like, no, but that's one of the upgrades they've announced. They're coming through. Yeah, they haven't done that yet. That haven't put that in yet but they've already announced they're gone because that's my goal with these is just to pop them over to a wallet i mean it's to me this is funny money yeah and i love money of all kinds whether it's funny or not so funny but i mean this is just it's one of those things like you can you literally can start accumulating uh with these things now are there any other apps that well there's not an app but if someone is more uh well there are apps i mean of course there are more apps one of them is like well, one I like is one I'm a um, advisor to is uh, Give Bitcoin. So, has that launched yet, though, or is it launching? I think it's launching this week. As okay. Fact. So, tell everybody what that but is. If you go to GiveBitcoin.io, I believe, or it's .com. I can't. I can't. We'll you link have it. To I'll look it up. Yeah. But this is for um, for giving and receiving Bitcoin, but you're not really getting an award from it. But if someone wants some Bitcoin for a Christmas present. And you're going, uh, my grandkid would really like some Bitcoin, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You could go on there and it's real simple. I call it Bitcoin for Boomer approved. You can go on there with your credit card and you can buy $100 worth of Bitcoin and send them. You could buy $10 worth of Bitcoin. I'm telling you, if you give a kid some Bitcoin, if you give someone who's like 18 or 19 or 20, $10 worth of Bitcoin, they go through the moon. Like they just got the yeah. best gift in the world. They're like, they don't have it in there and they, all, they know all about it. They're all, oh my God, I got big, it'll be, it could be the $10 worth of Bitcoin you gave them for Christmas could be their favorite Christmas present out of everything they get. And it's, you yeah. go, gosh, it was only $10. Yeah. You know, and where you gave them $10 worth of cash, even if you gave them 20, you wouldn't get that excited. But you give them $10 worth of Bitcoin, they go off the hook. It's kind of yeah. weird. So check out to uh, give Bitcoin for that. And what kind of transaction fees are on that? Do you know? It's just regular credit card transaction fees. Oh. Yeah, it's just your, that's where they make their money off the transaction fees off that. So okay. It's, it's a good so that's not even that. bad. It's not like a Coinbase where it's 100%. No, no, it's, it's, not. <laughs> no it's, it's, not, it's not killing you. So that's a really good thing. 
Yes, it was. Oh, and it's, if someone's like more technical and they want to, and they're really starting to get into Bitcoin yeah. and they want to set up their own node, um, which a node is a good place to store your crypto and it's got a full copy of the blockchain on it. And you can, if someone's, if you had a store and someone's paying you, it would go straight to your node. So you wouldn't be paying fees because it's your node. Okay. If this okay. makes any sense, you can get a Costa node for like 300 bucks. It costs some money. But once you, if you're doing enough with it, you might want one of those. And you can get 10,000 free sats every week with your node from Casa just for sending in your test report. That's kind of cool. You know? So what's the difference between a node and a wallet? A node has a full copy of the blockchain on it. You're actually running a copy of the blockchain and you're transferring the Bitcoin to it. And the node has a wallet built into it. Um, so it's kind of like um, it's, it's running a copy of the Bitcoin blockchain on there. So actually your money is safer in your node. Um, even the, in the wallet in your node than anywhere because it's you don't have to upgrade the node and upgrade it. So if something happened to the Bitcoin blockchain, well, you don't have to upgrade yours to that. Yeah, you know. So, and okay. it's also supporting the Bitcoin network. And the more nodes there are running full copies of the blockchain, the stronger the network is, and harder it is to do an attack, a fifty-one percent attack. So you're also kind of supporting the network and the Casa node. There, there are a lot of nodes, but the Casa node is like the easiest one to set up. You know, I just have it running all the time. It's Casa, like C-A-S-A? -S -A. Yeah, like okay. house. Casa node. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the easiest node. I also have a Noddle, which is much harder to set up. I've been working on that one for about a month. You know, so it's much harder to set up. The Casa I did like in two or three days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was only because I dedicated just a little bit of time. And, and that's kind of on the noddle too, but the noddle's pretty difficult. You know, you have to set out an outside wallet. So, but stay away from the noddle unless you're really into doing a lot of work. Okay. But anyone can figure out the Casa node. Okay. And uh, so you're out, of, so you'd be out of $350 though. But, Bye, you know, because of my shows, I buy things like this also just to like educate myself. You know, exactly. now, I, now I know what a Casa node is. That's why I know so much more on Lightning. So, you know, if someone buys my stuff, I can have it go straight to my node. If someone pays with Bitcoin, I can have the money go to my node. And so I am doing the transaction. So okay. I'm not paying an outside party to do transactions. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah, 100%. So if you had a store or something, it's, it's, if you're actually yeah. moving Bitcoin, you're just not buying and selling, it may not be as great of a thing to have as if you're, operating in the Bitcoin world. Okay. But you do get free sats is what you were asking. Yeah. You know, so that's it. I mean, I get 10,000 free sats every week just for sending in the report. So that's cool. And that's a dollar. Yeah. About. It's a dollar and I'm all excited. That's what I'm telling you. People get excited about it. But you know <laughs> You what? send a kid a hundred thousand sats. That's $10. He's right. going hundred thousand. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is like, to me, it's, if it, it adds up, you know what I mean? Like you're getting it over here. You're getting, like I said, I've met yeah. a couple hundred dollars between Lolly and Fold of well, stuff I would have bought anyway. So what, I mean, yeah. Well, like we not? were talking about before the show, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it used to be, there used to be a thing called Bitcoin fountains or Bitcoin faucets. Yeah. And you just go to it and play a game and you'd get five Bitcoin, Ugh. 10 Bitcoin, 50 Bitcoin. In the early days, you'd get it just for playing a game. And people would, ah, oh, wow, that was cruising. That was fun. And they thought nothing of it. Now, Bitcoin's $7,000. Yeah, that would have been $70,000 for the yeah, 10 yeah. that you got. So, you know, how about if a Satoshi in 10 years is worth a dollar? 
people are going to go, man, I can't believe you used to get 20,000 Satoshis just for buying something on Amazon. Yeah. You know, so that's the, the thought pattern. I'm not saying it's going to reach a dollar. I'm saying, but that's the thought pattern. If it does. Yeah, exactly. I'll take it's, it. It's still $10,000, you know? Exactly. No, absolutely. All right. Anything else like from an investment percent or how I can accumulate? We'll talk, I, I want to touch a little bit about like mining and other things I can do, but anything else from like apps perspective, websites I should check out if I'm trying to dip my toe in this? Well, I'm going to have to look at my phone here, uh, right. girl, you know? Um, you know, something else that's kind of cool. I don't know if you, uh, if this really falls into it, but are you familiar with Dropbit? Nope. You should, See, get, you should get the DropBit app. So Drop, Drop it. Well, it allows people to pay you Satoshis just with having your um, Twitter account. So yeah. I'm just giving you apps. So it's not a way to make free Bitcoin, but people someone could see your you. post that has Bitcoin and you could post something great on Twitter and they go, oh, I like that. And they can send you tips, you know, and you just get, yeah. all they need is your, all you need is your Twitter address to send you money. Do you have that hooked up to your crypto cousins? Yeah. Or Gary Leland? Well, yeah. Well, it's just Gary Leland. I just have it on okay. Gary Leland. But then so and there's Gary. also uh, Tippin. Tippin dot uh, is the same thing. With Tippin, actually with Tippin, if you have the Tippin plugin, mm -hmm. um, I believe it's Tippin.io, but I'm not sure. But if you have the Tippin plugin set up, anyone who has Tippin sees your, that you have Tippin. It shows up on their their Twitter page. Oh, so okay. I, I would be on my Twitter page. I say, Oh, Aaron's got tippins. God, that was a great post she won. Let me send her 50 cents, you know? So it's just micro payments that people can send you easily. So it's a way to get money, but you're going to be working for the money. I mean, if someone's sending yeah. it to you, it's probably gonna be a tip on either one of those. And the, and the important thing to know, like for Twitter is that Facebook kind of push everybody out talking about blockchain. Twitter is kind of, is the place that people talk about crypto, correct? Like that's that, the channel. That is the crypto world. Yeah. Crypto Twitter is where every, everybody who's really into crypto is really probably at Twitter, all your high yeah. state people. Cause that's where everybody talks about Twitter. Yeah. And they, they don't get fined. They don't get like censored. Right. Where they do it. Like I can't even, I can't even post about my Bitcoin conference, Bitblock Boom. On Facebook? Facebook? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I tried last year like four or five times making ads and and I argued it with them and going, I'm not selling Bitcoin. I'm so this is an educational and I'd get the same canned. I was just talking to a machine, I guess. Yeah. I get, you, this is uh, against our policies to talk about cryptocurrencies. Yeah. You know, so. Well, let's talk about Bitcoin or Bitblock Boom. That's your conference, August. What's the dates for 2020? I think it's like 27th. 27? Okay. Yeah, so, something like that. If they well, go to the site, they'll see it. You should know when sure. you're I know I should. I know <laughs> I should. I know I should. But, you know, it's like, uh, I don't, you know. So. It's okay. There's enough going on. But, so. They got plenty of lead time to find it. Exactly. And we'll link it to the show notes. All right. So, people that are, quote, unquote, involved in crypto. And I just want, like, because this is what my always question was, is it like if I just buy some Bitcoin, am I involved in crypto? Like what makes me involved in crypto, right? I'm interested well, in this. I want to get more involved. You've got hundreds of people that come for this. Obviously they own some Bitcoin, but what else do they do in the world of Bitcoin that puts them under the I'm involved in Bitcoin umbrella? Does that question well, make sense? Yeah. And I would say that's a qu good question, but I hate that when people say that, you know what I mean? That's Why? A good 
Because I hear people say it all the time, and it's not a good question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that so often. I'm going, that's really not a great question, you know? So I try not to use that term at all. Okay. But that was pretty close to it. Okay. All right. If I was to use the term, <laughs> I would put it. Check mark it, yeah. Yeah, I would put it there. You know, I, I guess anything is being involved in crypto. Is, it's just according to how involved in crypto you are, you know, okay. I guess more or less. Like, I'm going to a conference I'm speaking at in nashville tennessee or memphis tennessee in february that's like for it's a blockchain crypto conference and it's like all levels you know like my okay. talk is um okay boomer let's start okay. learning about bitcoin it's for everybody where bitblock boom is for people who are heavily involved you know if you're and you went to the conference yeah and if Some you're a beginner it's all over your head. I'm like, you know? what? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I advise people, I mean, unless you just want to come, I, I'll take your money, but it could be all over your head if you just bought your first Bitcoin, your, your yeah. first partials of a Bitcoin. It might be over your head. And I'm not trying to do that to anybody, but I guess it's all being involved. It's just the levels you are involved at. Yeah. You know, there, there's people who make artwork. I mean, there's a lot of people involved. Like I just bought a new logo from a guy in Europe who would only buy it if I paid him in Bitcoin. That's the only way he'd buy it. I hate people paying people in Bitcoin. But he does good work. I don't so. like spending my Bitcoin. No, I don't either. And I don't understand why people will give a discount for Bitcoin. I hadn't figured that out either. Because yeah. I see a lot of people doing that, like a Bitcoin 2020 conference in California uh, that I'm going to in San Francisco. If it's $200, you get $50 off to pay with Bitcoin. So you get a 25% discount. Well, I don't understand that. Why don't they just take the $200 and buy Bitcoin? Right. You know, if they want Bitcoin that bad and they only pay like 3% fees, they do a lot better. So I don't, I don't understand the purpose of discounting. A lot of people, yeah. the guy, and the guy who I was doing art with, it's a lot cheaper if you buy Bitcoin. It turned out that was the only way you could get it was buy Bitcoin. And he didn't even want your money. Yeah. So that's I don't understand that. Yeah, that's kind of weird to me. I, what, I take Bitcoin and cash and it's the same either way to me. Well, and I'll take Bitcoin all day long. Here's what weirds me out about spending it is that like, okay, so if I were to spend my money right now, if I were to buy something with a Bitcoin, I'd be, it'd be way worth way less if I bought it today than I did several days ago. So I feel like I'm like, I don't mind watching it as an investment, but I don't want to spend money. I don't want to be spending money when it's only worth, well, the, the, you know what I'm the, saying? Yeah, but the thought pattern on that is that, okay, you're going to spend $100 worth of Bitcoin today, yeah. let's say. You're going to buy this thing for hundred dollars. They want Bitcoin. What you do is you go buy hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin instead of okay. sending him the hundred dollars. So you go wherever you buy Bitcoin at, and you buy hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, and then you send him hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. So your Bitcoin always stays the same. So it's not like you're just sending out a Bitcoin and not replenishing it. And okay. in the case of this person, I paid him two weeks ago. Um, now Bitcoin is cheaper by yeah. 10, 15%. So I can go spend that $200 on Bitcoin and I got more Bitcoin than I had before. And it's the yeah. same $200 I was going to spend. Yeah. You know, but then again, though, there are situations like my conference. If you pay with Bitcoin in my conference, you get a cash refund. Oh. And that could, that could work good either way. You know what I mean? Because technically I, I might've cashed your Bitcoin to pay for conference expenses. Yeah. You know, so now Bitcoin goes up and I'm going, man, I cashed in his Bitcoin bought a projector for 600 because that's how much in Bitcoin he sent me. Now I got to send $1,200. Right. I can't afford to do that. So um, uh, if you buy from mine, you're getting $600 worth of Bitcoin back, whatever. Cause it's not like now, if I said you got to pay in Bitcoin and that's the only way it's just an option. 
Yeah. So that's kind of a weird line to cross, you know? It's starting to get confusing. Yeah. Um, no, but so, and then like. And I can do that when I talk. I can confuse people because I rattle. Well, it's just, but it's like, because I know it weirds me out. Like I said, it weirds me out. And I get like, okay, I have to, I get the perspective of I have to buy this person or I have to put a hundred dollars in and then pay this person. That makes more sense to me because I know like if I go overseas and go shopping in Europe, right. It, it can, the exchange rate can change at any point. Right. right? So it's the same concept. Like the exchange, my money could be worth more today versus less. And I think where I see myself going with this is like next year at some point, I may have some crypto or Bitcoin or whatever, uh, just sitting there that I spend, right? So that's kind of my spending money that I may have sitting there just a little bit, a tiny bit, not a lot. And then just start kind of playing with that from a spending perspective. But I, I'm, what do you call them? What are the holders? Hodlers. Hodlers. I'm just holding on right now. Like it's just hodling. This is the correct term. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I'm just hodling this stuff and I'm like, I don't want to be spending it. Cause like I said, it could be worth, yeah. worth less or more. Um, but but then, if you do, if you do that method, I was saying though, uh, which a lot of people want you to do is to go buy the hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin while you're paying them a hundred dollars. So your Bitcoin is always saying you're actually losing money because you're paying fees. Yes. So you're actually losing money and they say, oh, you should do that because you're supporting the Bitcoin network because the more transactions, the more liquidity there is in the network and the more liquidity there is, the more chance institutions will go into it because institutions wouldn't go into like um, Ethereum because there's not enough liquidity. There's not enough movement in the, but there is in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's starting to get that size. So you're supporting the Bitcoin network by doing that, but you're losing money when you do it. So I'm kind right. of, but you know, if I pay someone in Bitcoin, and they say, like the guy said, you got to pay me in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I said, hey, you know, I don't like your work. I just want a refund. I expect Bitcoin back. But okay. if he says, hey, I want cash. And I go, hey, I'd rather pay you in Bitcoin. And he goes, okay, send me $300 worth of Bitcoin. Well, if I cancel, I'm probably going to get $300 worth of Bitcoin back. Okay. You know, you know. Do you have protection? Like you typically, like if I were to buy somebody something in PayPal and they didn't deliver. I've got protection. Do you have protection in these apps when you're paying no. through Bitcoin? No, I don't think you do. Yeah, I don't mm. think you it's do. another thing to consider. Yeah, I think that's why PayPal doesn't let anyone really work with uh, Bitcoin through their sites and stuff like that because they can't regulate whether people got it or not. Yeah. People say, I never got my. That's why you can't pay on Coinbase with PayPal. Okay. Because that's what I was trying to get at. Because People get the say, oh, I want to buy a Bitcoin, and they PayPal Coinbase eight thousand dollars, and PayPal sends them a Coinbase gives them a Bitcoin, and they contact PayPal said, I never got that Bitcoin. I don't know where they sent it, but it didn't come to my wallet, and then they don't have a way to really prove it because they're not in the they don't have the analytics in place to track Bitcoin transactions and stuff, so they don't just don't allow it at all. That's what I've okay. been told. Because you used to evidently at one time be able to buy on Coinbase with PayPal. Oh. Yeah, I think right. they had too much fraud, especially when it started jacking up. Yeah. Going to $17,000 and people were paying seventeen, dollars and it started falling down. They're going, geez, I'm losing all this money. Everybody was trying to get out of get, it, get out of their trans, out of their purchases. Yeah. 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 That was a time when people were like remortgaging their houses to put it all in Bitcoin. Yeah. They were spending more than they could afford. Yeah. Which is what I always say. Don't spend more than you can afford. It's scary. Um, it is scary. All right. Well, I feel like we've probably filled everyone's heads with a lot of different things right now. So probably a good time. Well, you know, as we go along, though, let's tell everybody to make sure they know as we go along, 
more and more of this will make sense because you'll be hearing it over and over. And yes. And things that don't make sense now by episode 10 will start making sense. A hundred percent. And well, I was going to say like today we mentioned wallets and getting off wallets and the next episode, I want to dig into wallets because it shows you my lack of uh, research, but I didn't even know I should be getting all my stuff off a wallet. That was something you told me like. And you got a treasure I saw there. So that's cool. Yes. So we'll be talking about this next week, my treasure, because I didn't want it. And we'll talk. I didn't want it on my computer. I didn't want it on my phone. I want it off. So uh, I will by next week, get my money, my Bitcoin onto this and give a report of how, you know, your Bitcoin will always, your Bitcoin will always be on the blockchain. Okay. But then it'll sit here versus. No, you're just putting your keys in there. Okay. Bitcoin is, that's one other thing people get confused with. They think they're moving money around like gold bars. But the okay. Bitcoin is always on the blockchain and never leaves the blockchain. You're just moving the keys that show you own that Bitcoin into that. Because whoever owns the keys, as I said earlier, if you don't control your keys, you don't own your Bitcoin. And this is like if Coinbase gets hacked, they mm-hmm. could take everything. Like, but if I have the right. keys on here and they get hacked. Sure. Yeah, because that's I'm all they would do if they hacked them is they'd take the keys. Keys. Because oh. there's no Bitcoin on Coinbase, just the keys. So this is why we need a whole episode. Yeah, and and I think people need to understand that when you say get hacked, because I hear I hear a lot of people ask this. This is one of the top, I think, top four uh, misunderstandings in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Is that I I just did a show on this today that comes out tomorrow. The top four misunderstandings. This is why it's my fresh on my mind. But is that Bitcoin is easy to hack? But Bitcoin has never been hacked. The blockchain has never been hacked ever. It's exchanges that use bad security. And maybe keep the keys in an online wallet that uh, can be accessed by hacking. So to say Bitcoin is not safe because it's been hacked is exactly like saying the U.S. dollar is not safe because banks have been robbed. You wouldn't quit using the dollar because a bank was robbed. You go, oh no, they, they robbed that savings alone. I need, I need some yen or something. I'm not taking yeah. a chance on this U.S. dollar anymore. Well, that's the same thing with Bitcoin. It's like a bank being robbed. You wouldn't so just because an exchange has been robbed, which is like a bank, there's no that doesn't mean Bitcoin's not safe, which is like a dollar. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, but wasn't there like a big thing where a bunch of people lost a lot of Bitcoin, like four? Yeah, or five Mount years Gox. Ago? It, it was Mount Gox. It was the biggest loss. It was one of the first exchanges when the guy Mark Carpolis, when he bought Mount Gox. The guy that sold him to it said, hey, the security on this pretty much sucks. You really need to. The guy built it, Mount Gox. He had a site from Dungeon and Dragons. That's a Dungeon and Dragons thing, Mount Gox. And he was sitting around one night buying some Bitcoin. He goes, this process sucks. So he coded up a thing and uh, made, from an old domain name he had and then made an exchange. And then he started seeing the law on money transfers. And he realized he could go get in big problems. So he sold it to a guy in Japan who was from France, named Mark Kapalis. He told him this is not a secured site. You really need security. The guy never did anything. People were leaving their Bitcoin on exchanges. Are there keys? Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Yeah. Someone came in, took all the keys. And it was the biggest Bitcoin robbery. And people lost thousands and thousands, now millions of dollars, you know, worth of Bitcoin. Now, wow. yeah, some of them would be millionaire and billionaires probably now, but they got their Bitcoin stolen. But it's the same thing. You left it in the bank and that bank got robbed because they didn't have their security system on. Yeah. yeah. They left the window open. You know, that's, I'm yeah. just trying to put it into a bank scenario. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So all those people, but Bitcoin didn't get hacked when that happened. All that money's still on the blockchain. It's just someone else owns the keys. 
Okay. Oh, the Bitcoin is still in the blockchain. Yeah. You know, firstly, someone said the other day, Anopolis, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. He said that they were asked if it was worried about a nation state hacking into Bitcoin. He said that really is Bitcoin's too big for anyone to hack into Bitcoin now because, first of all, they would have to covertly, without anyone knowing, buy thousands of dollars worth, I mean, a tremendous amount of ASIC chips and mining machines. So they'd have to get all this on the slide where no one noticed all these machines going there. Then they would have to resource tons of power to mining Bitcoin. And after two weeks, it would be seen when the block was leveled and they'd get cut off. Okay. So they would, they would, they would redo the chain because they know what would happen. So they would have spent hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars to get nothing. You know, okay. so it's, it's too big now for that to happen. You know, so, right. so Bitcoin's not going to be hacked. So that's the thing pretty much I think people can get out of their mind. That's going to be hacked. It's just where you leave your Bitcoin. You, you have you, right. your biggest susceptibility now it's is quite- the $5 rich, wrench attack. Which is? Someone comes with a lead pipe or a wrench and threatens to hit you in the face oh, if you don't give them that. If I get it on this. It's yeah. not on this yet, though. No, but that's, that's your biggest problem. threat. You don't have to worry about online. Yeah. You have to worry about, and that's called the $5 wrench attack. Or a fire, right? Like, I need to put this in a fireproof thing. Well, you do, but you can still access your Bitcoin with your seed phrase that it'll give you. So even okay. if that got destroyed, you still could rebuild it with your secret seed phrase. Whew, this is starting yeah, to, so okay. When you set right, that we'll up, it'll give you some words and you need to write them down. Okay. So hopefully those didn't get burned too. And you put those in a safety <laughs> deposit I'm box. I'm not remembering them. Yeah. Put those in a okay. safety deposit box. Okay. And then if the end of the world comes and you know they're going to take your money, switch wallets real quick because they'll go to your bank and get your seed friends. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about wallets next week. Um, I know I'm excited to talk about all these because I feel like I don't, I'm not technical enough to like leave it on my computer. And what if my computer crashes? So all of these types of questions I have, but we'll ask next week. I think we have so much stuff to cover. Oh my God. That we're covering a lot and we're bouncing around on these first few episodes. You know, we're starting one way and we're bouncing back and forth yeah. and the other stuff. Cause we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And, it and all- I just, yeah. And for these, I want to get like kind of a, just a basic understanding. Yeah. There's bouncing, but then, uh, you know, like we didn't even really talk about mining. So to get involved in a mining perspective, what does that mean? And I know you and, used to do a lot of mining. Are you still mining? Yes, I am still mining. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll talk and I think people need to understand that we don't talk about this during the week either. We just get on here and talk. Exactly. So it's not like we've been planning all week our conversation. No, I have a little doc that I think of like questions as I'm like yeah. doing other Bitcoin stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah, this is some people, I think some shows they get together all week and they plan out their show. We're like just flowing with it here. You know, so. Yeah. And I'm just asking questions and Gary. But now that I know the uh, subject next week, I'll be a little more prepared with the wallet. Yes. It'll be, well, it's on the sheet, Gary. You're supposed to be looking at the I, Google yeah, sheet. I didn't look at the sheet and I'm the one that told you about it too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're like, start a Google sheet. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, what's well, on the Google sheet? I'll look, I won't make this mistake again. I promise you. Cause I was well, kind of, I was kind of down on myself during the show that I was getting, that I wasn't as prepared as I should. No, you're totally fine. I mean, to be, this stuff is, we're, we're talking about it, but, um, uh, the mining, not the mining. That's not next week. Next week is going to be wallets, but then the four types of wallets. So you're ready now. You're ready. Yeah. So, all right. Well, cool, Gary. Thank you so much. Have an awesome Thanksgiving, and hopefully, we get some people shopping and using these apps. Uh, and then, if they want to learn more about you, uh, 
Uh, so you just go to my Bit- Twitter account. I'm Gary Leland on Twitter. One word. Gary Leland. And then it's bitbockboom. Bitbock. Bitblockboom.com. That's my conference. That's a mouthful to say. It is a mouthful. People have a hard time saying that for some reason. I, I want to say bloom. Bitbox. Yeah. Bit it's like a, it's, you can't say it three times real quick. <laughs> no. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be when our children are grown and they have their own children or my kids are grown and your grandkids are grown. Uh, they will be, it'll be one of their tongue twisters. Yeah, I got my Bitcoin. Bit, boom. I got my Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're going to be saying it every, it's going to be a, my kids asked me about the, Peter Piper Pepper one. They're like, do you know that? I'm like, Peter Piper picked the pick, pickle peppers. I mean, pickle peppers, Peter Piper picked, Peter Piper picked yeah. some pick, pick peppers. He had put them back in the pickle pepper batch. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it. So I'm like, We did that when we were as a kid. We did that <laughs> when we were as a kid. I never could do Sally sell she shells by the seashore. Yeah. It's, or the other one, uh, woodpecker. How much would a woodpecker peck if he, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool, Gary. Now we're, we're just rambling, everybody. We're rambling. But Bitbox <laughs> We'll be we're having fun. We're having fun. So what's going on with you? You got, I never hear you promoting anything. You were nice to help me promote. You got anything you promoting? Just so, uh, the other side of one of my other things that I do is, uh, innovation calling. So we've got a, that's another podcast I do where we focus on, I mean, we do talk blockchain. We talk about businesses more at a higher level, but, um, we're doing really well. We've, we're hitting our 200,000 download of our episode. Oh, cool. We're a year in, uh, and we do these live events. So we've got one coming up, uh, next month, well, December 11th. So it'll be this month when this comes out, but, uh, we do a live show where we feature women in tech. So it's been really good. Um, and that's, Oh, really I see fun. that on LinkedIn a lot. You're on LinkedIn yeah, a lot promoting. I that. am on LinkedIn mm-hmm. a lot, but, um, it's been a really cool, it, you know, this is why I always tell people to start, like, just explore things. Like even with this, I just have, I'm a very, uh, I love getting involved in stuff. I love, but educating myself and the whole reason innovation calling came up was because of, uh, my event that I was doing the entrepreneur summit. And I just saw this, I saw a ton of money going to South by Southwest for companies to try to attract talent because a lot of these companies, they need, they need blockchain. They need coders who know how to code blockchain, right? They're trying to get in all these emerging right. technologies, but attracting talent is extremely difficult in these more uh, specialized places. And so we started Innovation Calling to feature companies, whether it's the Fortune 500s doing cool stuff or startups to be able to pair. So it's been cool that that's, it's been working and, uh, you know, we're hopefully, I can't say it yet, but we've got a, a deal going with a huge company here. They want to leverage our podcast to help promote an initiative they have. So, I mean, it just, you just never know. Like if you're curious and I know you're the, the king of curiosity and ah, I'm just going to do it. And I just, you just never know what can bloom from it, you know? So I agree completely. It, it, you can't gain anything if you don't take the chance. Exactly. You just got to go for it. Yeah. And you don't like, you can make a plan of what you think it's going to be, but then you don't even need a plan. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't even need a plan. Just start doing it. You'll make the plan yeah. as you go along. Yeah. But I see too many people make a plan. It takes them forever to make that plan. Exactly. And they never do it because they spend all their time making a plan. So exactly. Well, and it's funny because now that I've been, I've been doing a lot more listening of things on Bitcoin just to really continue to educate myself. And I told you, I think a month ago or so, I'm like, well, I'll never be mining. Like I'll never mine. So I just want to, I just want to invest. I'll never mind. Now I'm like, maybe, maybe I will get a machine. I don't know. We'll see. So I've got a lot of questions about that, but you just never know. You never know. It's uh, it's like a money making machine. 
It's like yeah. a money tree. Yeah. You know? and, and, you know, you, really it's hard to, well, we'll talk about all that on yeah. the mine. Are you still so. selling them though over at Crypto Cousins? No, 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 no. Because okay. those were mining, those were mining uh, altcoins or shit coins. And oh, those, yeah, those are so, that. well, those are so cheap now that you can't make a profit off of them. Okay. You know, when, uh, for instance, we had a machine that mined Zcash and Zcash was $500. What, $500, you can make your money back in eight, nine months. Now yeah. Zcash is 50 bucks. Yeah, it takes okay. you five years to make your money back. You know, so it's just not, it's not something we want to sell people because we can't show them a payback. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. And, and I'm still using those machines, so they're still mineable, but they're just not making, uh, hopefully the people who bought them we're using them full blast when they bought them because after yeah. the crash, you know, they dropped the uh, price on stuff dropped so much. Okay. Yeah. See, so I have a lot of questions, so yeah. I'll save them for the net, for the mining episode and a couple down the road, but yeah, that's what's going on. So, yep. and I'm going Sounds to Disneyland good. in two days. Oh, that's even more exciting because your kids I, are the age to enjoy it. They are the age to enjoy it. So that'll be fun. So, but I will be using my fold app for Uber Unfortunately, I could not get the plane tickets on it, but uh, yeah, so I'll be using it for Uber and some eating out. So I'll be making some Bitcoin while I'm on vacation. So what else you will? You know, when I, I'm going to be going January to uh, Miami for the uh, North Texas uh, Bitcoin conference. So, you know, I'll be uh, using some Uber. Did you say the North Texas Bitcoin? The North America Bitcoin conference. Okay. I was like. Yeah. North America Bitcoin conference and in Tennessee. So I'll be doing a lot of traveling on my uh with my fold app as well. Maybe we should ask fold to work with them, like send them a tweet and say, can you please get American airlines on this thing? Because that would That's benefit what we, me. Well, I'm interviewing uh, the president from fold, I think Friday or Monday, Monday. Okay. Can you the add that to your questions? I will. To ask? I will. I'll <laughs> say Aaron wants to know when American airlines. Come. <laughs> That's all I care. Marriott and American airlines. I'm set. Like I'm mm. seriously. So anyway. All right, Gary, we'll have an awesome Thanksgiving. I enjoyed it. Same to you and same to the listeners, but they're probably listening to this after Thanksgiving. So I hope they had one. Yes. Happy holiday. We'll just throw out a happy holidays and then it'll cover everything. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Gary. Adios.